Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Shobhanov, CMO of Mavin. Shobhanov, it's really nice to have you on. Can you tell me a bit about yourself? Brad, I'm super excited to be here. A little about myself, I was an engineer before I became a marketer. So I started my career in electrical engineering. I spent two years in power systems analysis and doing a little bit of coding in Bangalore, which is the Silicon Valley of India. And then I decided that I was really people-oriented and I like to solve business problems. So I went and got an MBA and started my career actually in IBM in India in marketing. And since then, I've been in marketing. I've run global marketing organizations, both in Asia as well as here in the U.S. I've lived in Silicon Valley for the majority of my working life, about 20 years. And I'm excited to be here to tell you more about my journey and what I think about marketing and, uh, you know, um, just uh, just kind of riff with you. I'm really excited to have you on. So, yeah, kind of getting there. Uh, maybe you could tell us a bit about your company, what you guys are doing, the space that you're in, and then we'll get into what marketing looks like in that space. My company is headquartered in the Netherlands. It's called Marvim. And the company is in a domain called business process management, which is actually going through a renaissance, if you will, because processes are becoming more important. People need to optimize, be more efficient, have operational excellence in order to run their companies in the current economic uh, scenario where costs and efficiency are super important. So it is B2B marketing to enterprises, which is kind of my sweet spot. My career has largely been in companies that sell to the enterprise B2B persona, whether it be an CIO, whether it be a line of business leader, or whether it's a CMO. So it's really talking to uh, companies that have a need for process excellence, have a need for process improvement. And there are specific use cases that we actually solve for them. And they may not even know they need our product, but they do because there's been a multiplier effect with the geopolitical unrest, with the economic climate, and all the things that are going around us globally. And marketing has a key role to play in a company like ours, where people don't even know they have a problem. That's very interesting. And so it sounds like the company is uh, headquartered in the Netherlands. You're in the U.S. You're kind of, you know, I think based on former conversations, expanding out the marketing to now the U.S. market and all that. Tell me about what that looks like and what your strategy is and what's top of mind right now when it comes to marketing. So that's a really good question, Brad. I want to lean on some of my experiences in my previous career Uh, One is VMware, where the company was a really small startup, and I started in the early days when it was still the Wild West. So part of my job was category creation. The second learning I can bring to bear on my current role is from another company called Automation Anywhere, again, a category leader in uh, robotic process automation. To me, I think my role is twofold. One is creating a new category that we can actually go and build on within the U.S. The second is uh, building a marketing organization globally that can scale. Marketing, I think, is super important in both these cases. One is actually being at the vanguard of category is always hard. 
we have seen that companies have attached themselves to different parts of this category, whether it's process mining or automation or hyper automation. So we want to be part of this whole trend towards process mining, process discovery and automation. But more importantly, um, launching a company in the U.S. is not um is not easy, right? Because some of the things that worked in the Netherlands may not work here. People are much more savvy about processes in, in Europe, whether it's the Netherlands or Germany. I think people respect processes much more. Here in the US, you really have to talk about ROI or efficiency or something that ties to the bottom line. So taking a problem and flipping it on its head and saying, okay, here's what you can get with operational excellence. Here's what you can get with process mining. I think that's part of the role that I need to play. Looking at customer examples, looking at ways we've actually transformed a digital transformation of other companies and creating a new value proposition or changing our positioning here in the US. So I think there's two things here. One is managing a team globally. The other is being different things in different geographies. Obviously, you can't change your product, but changing positioning and changing your messaging while having the same category in different countries, but having a different nuance in the US, I think is important. Yeah, it's interesting. Certainly, I have a lot on your plate where you're you're building this team, you're figuring out the messaging, the positioning, testing things. Where do you start? Where is the best use of your time? And where is maybe one of those areas that you might want to stay away from or put to later to figure out? I started in May at Malvin. So one of the first things I did, and this is something I would encourage every leader to do, is radical listening. And what I mean by that is, Make sure that in your first month or the first two months, uh, go meet as many customers and partners that you can. And there's no substitute for listening to partner or customer feedback firsthand about how they use the product, what they like about the product, and what they'd like to see going forward with the product. So I certainly thought that was the first thing I did, and that was a great use of my time. Uh, the second piece is obviously reading anything you can about the industry, about the market, about the pain points. And so I think this is where research and analyst studies come in. And third, getting to understand the team, I think equally important. As Satya Nadella said, leadership is about figuring out the lived experiences of the people on your team. So I do think it's important to understand what people are thinking, feeling, and uh, responding to, especially in a hybrid workplace, right? Because my team is global. I have about 18 people spread across um, the globe. Actually, I live in Silicon Valley. I have a team in Boston. I have a team in the Netherlands. And we also have a, a development team in India. It's really not just time zones, but also cultures. It's about different people's way of working. And, and there's the old team, there's the new team. So understanding where people are coming from, I think, is important before I say, hey, this is what we do and here's what you're going to do. I think it's important to listen radically. I think that's kind of my my big thing. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting, too, that as you think about your global strategy, the, the positioning and the messaging might change whether you're selling in the U.S. or you're selling in Europe. 
How does that work from a team perspective? Do you have to do dual training with, okay, if the customer's in the US, here's the playbook. If they're in Europe, here's the playbook. What does that look like? Certain basic things don't change, right? For example, your product doesn't change. Your product data sheets don't change. But what might change is how you present yourself to your customers. I'm embarking on uh, what I'm calling Project Phoenix, which is our website revamp project. The way I'm planning to lay this out is have two websites, one for the Netherlands and one for the U.S., And what we're going to focus on for the U.S. is going to be slightly different on the homepage from what we're going to focus on for the Netherlands. So um, numbers really count in the U.S., whether it's efficiency numbers or profitability numbers or how people are going to generate savings from using your product. So I'm going to really focus on some of the quantifiable metrics right at the get-go in on the webpage, on my U.S. webpage, while on the Dutch website, we're going to focus more on processes and what people can get from a total process approach uh, because customers there are a little more mature on the curve. So I would say that's one way to, to uh, kind of hone the message. The other is from a sales perspective, Our uh, teams are differently structured. We have an SDR team here in the U.S. and an SDR team there. So here it's all about evangelism and teaching people why they need our product. There it's more about fishing in the right uh, waters. So uh, there it's about, hey, we want to focus on finance and we want to focus on manufacturing and we want to focus on government. Here it's we have a larger charter, which is, Hey, did you know about a digital twin of an organization? Do you understand what a process and operations management looks like and what that's going to do for you? So I feel like here it's more top of funnel and evangelism. While, of course, leads are really, really important. We need to do a lot of top of funnel, too. We need to do a lot of social. We have to do more influencer type things. There, I think it's more about demos, POCs really honing our messaging to verticals. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, you mentioned you're you're kind of leading the charge with the BDR team here. What are some things that you're getting in place early on when it comes to setting everything up? And and what are you focusing on with that? Uh, Other than, like you said, uh, top of funnel evangelism type of stuff. The BDR team is fairly new in the US. It's a brand new team. We have a a very enthusiastic and passionate team, and we have a leader who's equally enthusiastic. But um, I think the business model here is one of um, LinkedIn outreach uh, through, uh, through, through networking. But also, I think the advantage we have in the U.S. over the Netherlands is, yes, we do have CCPA and confidentiality laws we have to follow in California. Uh, But for the most part, people can call. So we have leveraged our MarTech tools to actually um, do some lead nurture uh, through um, telesales. So we have call scripts. We have have qualified leads that we can call through our ABM uh, prospecting. So certainly, I think that's, that's different here where people are picking up the phone and calling prospects. And sometimes having a warm body on the other side can mean the difference between an SQL or not. 
So we found some good success with large banks, for example, where we've led with what's in it for them and here's how we can change your uh, organization and tell a, a transformation story. And I think that's been one big differentiator with the the BDR team here. The second is, since they all started at the same time, I think a role play and practicing different headlines, different content, different campaigns, I think they're able to share. So that's been good. I think they, they started their training together. And um, I think having a little competition always helps in terms of where they are. And the third piece I will say is workshopping helps. I have a workshop this weekend on killer headlines. I have a friend who's a CMO who's going to come and tell us how to write killer headlines. And we talked about this, right, Brad? I mean, looking at different types of content, whether it's written content or content that you talked about, which is, hey, can we have clever videos? Can we can we have cool, new, funny ways of saying the same thing, not just dry ROI calculators. Maybe we need to change it up a little because we forget sometimes the person at the other end is also a human being and they're probably a millennial. They want to laugh and they look at TikTok and they're looking at Instagram. So why don't we feed them something that makes them smile? So I do think we're looking at things like that to change our content strategy to make it more snackable. I love that. Yeah, I think one thing that sometimes is easy to forget is that we're competing for attention with all these other things like TikTok and YouTube and Netflix even, you know, might be a competitor for those uh, folks' attention. So that's awesome. So it kind of wrapping this up here, what are things that are top of mind for you to measure right now as we head into the last quarter of the year? And you're really getting everything ramped up. What are metrics that we should be looking at? You mentioned social engagement and LinkedIn and BDR outreach and all this. Obviously, pipeline is something we always measure, but what are what are things that contribute to that that are top of mind for you to measure right now? For me, top of mind in the current economic climate is not just pipeline. Of course, pipeline is number one. We call them sales accepted leads. That's that's a very important metric for us. MQLs, marketing qualified leads, another very important metric, but also web visitors, right? So we want not just people to buy from us and become prospects, but we want people to know about us because we want a large pool of people interested in us. Maybe don't they don't have the money today to invest in a solution like ours, but six months down the road, they might be ready. So we want to be able to nurture them. So our website is going to be our biggest lead magnet. For me, web visitors, whether it's top of funnel, mid funnel, or bottom of the funnel, that's an important metric. And in today's day and age, social engagement is super important. So LinkedIn visitors, we've got a page, Facebook, Instagram, we're even thinking of a TikTok. We want to do share of voice, sentiment analysis, press mentions, even content syndication, whether we get mentioned in an HBR or a fast company, that's going to be important. Whether we're getting picked up by mainstream media, that's important. But I think for me, it's not just the metric. It's also working together as a team to drive towards one team. We can get, I guess, myopic with metrics, but it's important to look at the the big picture as we come into calendar year 24. And as we start planning, which is we're right in the middle of that planning cycle, this African uh, saying comes to mind, 
if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So I do think for me, uh, working together as a team, leveraging the team to actually drive all the, these metrics is super important. I love that. On that note, thank you so much for joining. It's been really uh, awesome to have you on. I appreciate all your wisdom and advice. Thank you, Brad, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing the podcast. Absolutely.